any act of God, any and all acts of God are received through faith. And that faith is expressed in the Word of God, in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we have faith in the precious blood of Christ, and we have faith in the power of God. So it has, it makes no difference what our situation or circumstance in life is. God is always, his power is always available to the believer. The acts of God are received in forgiveness, in deliverance, in healing, being repaired from sickness or disease, and all in his power. The body is made healthy, whole, sound. We receive safety. We receive wisdom. We could just start with the congregation and ask each and every one of you, and you could give uh, a word, and God still would expand that human ability that we have. Is that not totally awesome? So, there's a scripture that I have always used when I teach, and it's out of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. The Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul in reference to faith in the power of God. It's great to have faith in Pastor Philip. It's great that you have faith in Pastor Cheryl. But really, our motivation is to teach you to have faith in God, in the power of God. So the reading of the Holy Written Word from this passage is, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For you see, I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Verse 3 says, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. So I want to stop right there, as Brother Hagin always did. And it's not the kind of fear of being afraid of the dark or an unknown territory or a snake or a vicious dog. <laughs> it's a reverential fear of the awesomeness of our Father God and all of his attributes. In fact, Brother Hagin used to say this, that he'd be so anointed, he'd vibrate under the anointing or under that power being upon him so strong. Not only myself, but many of you in here have witnessed that same tangible manifestation of the power and the presence of God. So we make reference, it's Holy Spirit, it's the power, it's the anointing. They're all one and the same. Amen. Verse 4 says, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Notice here, but in demonstration of the Spirit, notice the word and, a conjunction. Demonstration of the Spirit and of power. 
And then he tells us in verse 5 why. It's real simple. He tells us why. That our faith would not be in the wisdom of God, but in the power of God. Amen? Not in the wisdom of men, thank you, honey, but in the power of God. So I've said this recently, and it bears uh, being repeated again. God is the one that does the anointing. In fact, Jesus, the anointing, in Acts 10, 38, the scripture and the reading of the word says, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. Notice, with the Holy Ghost and with power. And what did he do? He went about doing good and healing all. And then he even says, where and how it came. All that were oppressed. How can anyone read and study the word of God and come away from individuals telling one that God puts sickness or disease, pain, discomfort, hurt, injury, anything that is not of good tells us right there. Oppressed of the devil. So the first thing as believers that we need to understand is where the origin of sickness or disease or poverty or discomfort or pain, anything that is not good, healthy, wholesome. The origination is not from God. The origin of anything bad came as a result of disobedience from two individuals in the garden. He only gave, I mean, think, can you even imagine what was available to them? And he said, just this one, do not partake of it. And along came the serpent, I'm convinced, was not a stranger to Eve, or she wouldn't have engaged in conversation. And the first thing he said was to instill doubt. To instill doubt. And I can tell you when we get on a path that is a path other than the blessings of God and all the benefits that belong to us as children of God, the first thought that he's going to come with is to get one to doubt. To doubt. And doubt can take a stronghold if we do not give due diligence to study and preparation time with the Holy Spirit. If you don't already do this, I strongly encourage everyone. There's several books, but three that I want to make mention of that are with me most all the time. Two are by Kenneth E. Hagen, Health Food, Faith Food. I call them bite-sized nuggets that one 
First thing in the morning, have it by your bedside, just reach over, pick it up. When you go to the office, have it in the office, reach over, pick it up, read it again throughout the day. Faith food and health food. You'd be surprised how timely whatever your circumstance in life is, how that one little nugget can inspire, encourage, and bring tremendous blessings to you at the beginning of that day. Another one is Charles Capps, little red book. I'm not even sure I know the name of it. God's Creative Power. God's Creative Power. I mean, that... <laughs> Both of those three books, but that little book you can put in your pocket. You can carry it with you. And it may even be, I don't know, is it on Kindle, honey? Uh, um, we have such availability today of so many tools to avail ourselves to. Amen? So what I want to encourage you with is even though God anointed Jesus, Acts 10, 38... The word tells us that in his own hometown, he could do no mighty works. Because of why? Of their doubt and unbelief. Doubt and fear are two tormenting twins that travel together. So God does the anointing. So even though the Holy Ghost comes upon, comes upon, upon me, and I want to say this publicly. When I came in, I turned to my assistant and I said, what a blessing it is for a minister to walk in to the presence and the power of God immediately. Immediately, immediately, immediately that anointing comes upon me. We didn't always have that. <laughs> and it makes it so easy to flow in the anointing. Amen? So, so even though God has anointed an individual, there's two things that we need to understand. I don't care what it is that you're going to receive. Two conditions. One is the degree of the anointing upon the person administering that anointing. Ezekiel and, and other references talks about the hand of the Lord was upon me strong. So the anointing has, uh, there are different degrees of the anointing. So number one, it's a requirement on my part to spend time in the presence of God, with the Word of God, with the Holy Ghost. How would you, uh, I equate it to, if you invited me to your home, I would be disappointed if I came and you served me a cold snack if I thought I was coming for a good, hot, warm, tasteful meal. So we come here prepared to be used by the Spirit of God. As Pastor Philip says, that anointing doesn't come upon us for us. It's for those that are present. 
Amen? The second condition is the person's, are you listening to me? The person's faith to receive. Now here's the misnomer. Here's the misunderstanding. Here's what I want you to understand today. It's not, it isn't just about the anointing coming upon me. The anointing is tangible to touch. And when I touch you, that anointing is being transmitted unto you. But you have a responsibility. Your responsibility is to receive that anointing. And just because you've received it, there's another thing that is required. You must activate the anointing. I cannot activate that anointing in your life. No one can. It is your responsibility. And you may say, how do I do that? Hebrews 4.2, I believe, says, the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith. I don't understand how any minister of God can speak negative about preachers that teach about the subject of faith. We can't be born again without exercising our faith. We're not spirit filled with the spirit without exercising our faith. Everything about our life and how we receive is by faith. That was the introduction to my comment. The introduction of faith in the Word, faith in God, faith in Jesus, faith in the blood, faith in the name, faith in the gifts, Faith in the pastors, Amen. faith in the corporate anointing that is present Amen. here. Amen. 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 You came to the right place. So, how do you release your faith? Two conditions believing and saying. You believe. So, number one, when hands are laid upon you and that power by touch is transmitted from heaven through me to you and you by faith believe that you receive as soon as I walk away from you. And I don't mean shout it. And people, can I clear something up here? I don't push anyone. But I tell you what, that anointing, at times when that anointing comes upon me, it's all I can do to stand. And thank God for an assistant because as soon as that, I sense that touch, I realize I might be falling. But I, I shut out everything to hear what the Spirit may have me to encourage anyone in. So faith is released by believing in the heart and by speaking with the mouth. 
Faith is released by believing in the heart. Brother Hagen used to give these testimonies time and time again. Incurable situations would be present in meetings. And after he laid hands on them, there didn't appear to be any change whatsoever. Remember, <laughs> we walk by faith and not by sight. This is real simple for all of us. And let you, I'm, I encourage me when I'm teaching you as well. We're not to be motivated by sight. We're to be motivated by believing in the holy written word of God. The purpose of this Bible that you and I carry is to form beliefs, establish beliefs. Once those beliefs are established, those beliefs should govern what we think, what we say, and what we do. And I'm going to tell you, I can lay hands on you every day till Jesus comes. And if you don't activate by your faith that power in your body, I'm just going through the exercise of laying hands upon you and you come again and again and again and again. And I'm not opposed to that. But what I really want is change just like you do. Change that glorifies God. Amen. Not change that glorifies a man or a woman or even a church body. Yes. A change that glorifies God. Yes. Amen. And that should be your motivation. Amen. Doesn't matter what the situation or the circumstance in life is. So do we have an understanding that God has a part... We have a part, amen? I have, God has a part. Mr. Attorney, has God done his part? Absolutely. How many of you are convinced God's already done everything that he can do? Collier would be able to teach you this better than I as an electrical engineer. <laughs> Electricity in the natural or electricity is a natural power. But can that power benefit, benefit us if we don't do something to activate it? Come on, you got to know this. Can it, Mr. Hall? Absolutely not. That power is, pre in fact, it was present all along and it took an individual to know how to harness it to cause it to be beneficial to humanity. It's no difference with the power of God. His power's always been present, and he comes through his word to bring truth and revelation and understanding to individuals. In fact, Jesus said in Ephesians, he hath set in the body apostles, their sent ones, prophets, they are God's spokesmen. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, their message is to get people born again, to reach the lost. Pastors, 
and teachers. The body of Christ pretty much knows a pastor and they think a teacher is a Sunday school teacher. No, that teacher has been endowed with a special gift to preach, to teach, to break apart, to dissect the word in such a manner that even an eight-year-old can understand it in the word of God. Amen? So, there are many, many different ways that healing is administered. One way, and not the only way, one way, not the only way, is by the touch, by the laying on of hands. <laughs> this is kind of interesting in a way. I received a text from an individual, does not live in the town, and said that they would be here this morning for ministry. And I've not seen that individual. Have you? People have... great need of the power of God in their life. But too many people have a preconceived, determined way or manner in which they want God to visit and to meet their need. We don't have that right to determine how or whom he chooses. So, there's a perfect example of much prayer and much preparation. Like I said, you tell me you're coming for a meal, we're going to be prepared to serve the meal. But Mama used to say, when that food is put on the table, she didn't run after nine kids or daddy, or all the others that lived with us. When the meal was prepared, and the meal was served, you better be available, and you better sit, and you better eat when the meal is served, because when the meal's over, and the kitchen's clean, you don't come in the kitchen. Some of mama's good old-fashioned principles ought to be exercised today. But it's going to be you that mixes faith with today's touch from heaven and don't go by anything that you see or witness, just continue to say, this is what all of you should say, in fact, the power of God was received by me and that power is working in my behalf. I can't say healing because I don't know if it's healing that you need. It may be financial. I don't know what the need may be. I don't need to really know the need. I just want you to receive the benefits of the power. I have in my possession a glass of water. If I'm drinking this water, if I'm taking it in, I cannot be talking or giving forth anything out, right? I am receiving within. So that's the best example that I can give. The other one is, how do you yield to the Holy Spirit? How many of you, when I've laid hands upon you, you sense that tangible power of God when I lay hands upon you? So I don't need to stop and say right there 
is the anointing of God. Some fall to, some, let me say, yield. It's not the falling does not demonstrate to me or to God that I'm more anointed or less anointed. That is you submitting yourself. In fact, I'm going to use Brother Terry here. He probably doesn't know I know this. But he gave a testimony to TJ that on one occasion, when I laid hands on him, now see, they're not from a full gospel church, Pentecostal church. They're just like me and many of you. They were in a denominational church. And they came in here with religious teaching. So what we're endeavoring to do is for you to take religion off. Discard it, just like you'd take a jacket off. And just do away with it. Forget what you've been taught. Forget what you've been told. We were, we were Pastor Jennifer and Pastor Philip and I were talking this week. It's like old line Pentecostals used to say, I was slain in the spirit. You're intelligent. What does the word slain mean to you? You're killed. killed. Well, as a little Methodist girl, I, wouldn't, I didn't want to be killed. So I started thinking about that. I started talking about that. I started asking questions. Thank God for Brother Hagin. He said that's just a colloquial expression that the Pentecostals used to say, that when the power of God came upon them and they fell in. See, the Bible talks about, I've got a three-inch binder notebook right there with different demonstrations and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost laughter. You don't have to make it. You don't have to fake it and try to convince somebody that you got Holy Ghost laughter. When you got it, it's going to come out. Something on the inside working on the outside. You receive everything by faith, through faith, in your spirit. The Holy Ghost dwells where? He doesn't dwell in my head. He dwells in my spirit. So there's where we receive everything of God. There's where we release our faith. Yes, we use our mouth. We use our vocal cords. And the more you use your mouth, the more you use your vocal cords, the more you talk about the anointing and the power of God, the more you say the power of God's working in my body, if it's healing to affect a cure and a healing, the power of God's working in my body to supernaturally lead God and direct me, the power of God's working within me to have the wisdom to know how to reach my loved ones that have fallen Whatever it is, <laughs> whatever it is, I'm going to give you supporting documentation. Mark 11:22 says, "Have the faith of God." The Greek rendering is, "Have the God kind of faith." Ask yourself this question: What is the God kind of faith? And the Holy Spirit will take you all the way back to Genesis chapter 1.
and you'll read 11 times, and God said, and it was, and not only it was Elijah, it was good. Travel to Job 22, 28. Whatsoever a man declareth and decree, it shall be. Didn't say whatsoever God declare and decree. Whatsoever a man declare and decree. Proverbs, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Attend to my words. Attend to my words. And see what happens in our life. Then Mark eleven twenty two, Mark eleven twenty three. Believe once and say three times. Some people's got such a gift of gab, but they're gabbing about everything than, that, other than what they need to be talking about. Pay attention to what comes out of your mouth. Talk less. Think more. Meditate more. And what comes out of your mouth ought to be, it is written. Jesus was tempted in like manner, in every manner that humanity would be tempted in. And he said, it is written. It is written. It is written. So how do you submit to the power of God? I purposely, ever so gently, lay my hands on your forehead. And see, I'm human. I'm natural. I'm conscious that people, women have makeup on. They don't want their makeup messed up. They don't want their hair messed up. You get all these natural things going on. Well, where are you going to lay hands on, on, on individuals? It's perception to touch. It said, when Jesus touched them, many times I'll just take your hands. And as soon as I take your hands, that power of God starts transmitting by the just the perception of touch into your physical body. So I'm conscious of where my hand's touching you. I don't want to be so natural and caught up in natural things that it affects the anointing. So your part is to submit to the power of God. So Brother Terry not being taught as I and others were not taught. <laughs> When I laid hands upon him, he said he had this thought to himself. I'm just going to submit to the power of God. And when he did, he fell under with that power upon him. Not under, he fell, he yielded his physical body to the spirit of God to have his way. Do you know why doctors, before they perform surgery, put you under? Imagine a surgical procedure and you awake. Did I finish that about Brother Terry? So he submitted. I didn't finish it. I, I went back when TJ shared this with me. I went back and watched the video. You actually can see him trying to lift himself up off of the floor. His testimony, not mine. His testimony, I give you permission to correct this if I didn't get the right information. When he tried to lift himself up off the floor, he could not. Once he tried, he could not. Twice he tried, he could not.
I can identify with that. The power of God has been on me to, after yielding to the Spirit to the degree my husband couldn't lift my one little finger up off of the floor. Let me tell you something. One glass of water is not enough. One dose of the power of God is not enough to me.